Welcome to the Quantum Connection Podcast. We are your hosts, Vanessa and Heather. Join us as we explore the new quantum health paradigm. Learn how to reconnect with nature to regain your health and to mitigate the impact of modern living. As quantum health coaches and classical homeopaths, our mission is to inspire and motivate you on your healing journey. This is for educational purposes only. Let's dive into today's show. Welcome back to the Quantum Connection. We are excited to share a very, very important episode with you. Today, Vanessa and I will be focusing on the truths and myths about light, sunlight, natural light. Yeah, we are so excited. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so happy you are here. This is such an important episode because really sunlight has been vilified. And unfortunately, that is causing negative impacts to all of us because sunlight is a nutrient we actually need. The benefits of sunlight are so immense and we need to be exposing our skin and our eyes to this natural sunlight on a daily basis. But we just have to learn how to do this in the right order, in the right way, so we can use it as effective medicine. So yeah, I am thrilled. And um, I think the biggest myth really is that sunlight causes cancer, right? That's like the number one myth that I find that people think, and that's why they fear the sun. And that is the programming that we have unfortunately been fed, that sunlight is the cause of cancer. And I think that's why many people fear the sun and they're worried, you know, and that's actually pretty much false. <laughs> so that's like the real big myth, I think, that we need to bust today around sunlight. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, and I want to validate people's fears. So I appreciate you mentioning that, Vanessa, that because, you know, cancer, um, you know, there's it's ubiquitous. I have had several friends die of cancer, not necessarily skin cancer, but um, and so we do need to be able to dispel the myth through education and empowerment and understanding what is why do we need sunlight and natural light and what is it that we need to know about how to protect ourselves in a way that honors you know us our safety but also how to get that exposure that is the nutrient because without exposure like you're saying it's going to compromise our health right the modern lifestyle the modern living the mostly indoor based and artificial light based really has some serious serious health impacts so we want to help you to feel safe and comfortable and to help your fear transform into this empowered approach where you know exactly what to do, what not to do, so that you're not afraid of the sun, that you are, you understand its power and you understand the vitality that you glean from this sun exposure. Now, I don't know where we went wrong over the course of time. I think what I recall, Vanessa, correct me if I'm misremembering, is that the studies that were done uh, about UV light were done using, you know, just say UVA, for example, artificial sources of that light frequency on animal studies that showed negative results such as cancer. However, we're talking about extrapolating one frequency and an artificial source you cannot compare that. It's like apples and oranges. So then of course that gets widely published. And then it's like this fear mongering. Oh my God. 
and it just takes off, right? Like, oh my God, saturated fats are bad. And now people think they're still horrible. And this like 60, 70 years later, it takes time. So our mission is to try to disseminate this information so that we can help people become healthier because we are literally dying from exposure to artificial light or, you know, and exposure and lack of exposure, healthy, safe exposure to natural sunlight. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. That is what the studies were done. They were done with just one light spectrum. But when you go out into the sun, what I, I want to just re- re- reiterate, excuse me, what Heather is saying is when you go out in the sun, you are not going to be exposed just to UVA. And I don't think everybody really realizes that. Like there is a whole wide range of spectrums that you are going to be um exposed to so you're going to get the infrared and the red and the blue and the green and the yellow and the orange it's like a rainbow i try to tell people it is a rainbow of colors and you're going to get the uva and the uvb so you're going to get exposed to all of these colors so when you are in when those studies were done they were just exposed to this one frequency of light um and that is not balanced and that is not what you are exposed to when you're exposing your body to natural sunlight. We do have that with artificial light. We can be exposed to light bulbs that do not have full spectrum. They don't have the red, they don't have the infrared uh, and the UVB in them. They don't have these other colors. So that is where we have this, this problem coming in because these lights don't have the full spectrum, okay? And that is where these cancer studies were done. So I think that's really important to, to bring home. So, so regarding cancer, it's a very interesting that the research actually shows that melanoma is correlated with artificial light exposure. So in particular fluorescent lighting, which has been the dominant light form in interiors for many years now. So you get the office settings, the shopping centers, all of these places have had massive amounts of fluorescent lighting. Now, of course, going to the the horrifically bright LEDs, which are not any better. Um, But the fluorescent lighting has been correlated with the melanoma. So that's what we want people to understand is that you cannot say it's just sunlight. It's what kind of light is it? What are the, what is the spectrum, right? It's an isolated frequency of light. It's very white and uh, light dominant. It's not balanced with the warmer temperatures Mm -hmm. of light, right? The red and so forth. It's all the white and blue frequencies. So that's a massive imbalance. And that's what our body is responding to is that impact of the the isolated artificial light frequencies. Yeah. And we didn't have these, you know, until recently, you know, I don't know the year that fluorescence came out, but I mean, it's, I, I think it was maybe like the 1950s, I believe something around there is some, somewhere, maybe sixties. I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm, you can't quote me on that. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I don't know, but I know it's been in my life the entire time. So, but yeah, this is where you find, they find that like cases of melanoma are more likely to happen in office workers than people who work outside underneath the light of the sun. I think that's really important. And you're also more likely to see cancer rates in northern latitudes where people are less exposed to sunlight. Um, so or specifically UVB, which is the vilified, you know, one, we don't even have it all year round, you know. So we need to understand here that 
you know, this paradigm needs to be shifted and that we need to understand that sunlight is really important for our health. The things that it does, it's setting our circadian rhythm. It's giving all of our hormones signaling to happen. It's balancing our cortisol and melatonin, which is crucial because I think that is um, a hormone dysfunction that many people are experiencing because cortisol which is a stress hormone is being released constantly from looking at artificial light, not only screens, it's not just the screens, it's the LEDs, it's the fluorescence. These also are activating our cortisol and suppressing melatonin. We have to understand that these two hormones are like a seesaw. So when one is high, the other one is low. So if we're exposed to artificial light, we are raising our cortisol levels to levels that are unprecedented and we're suppressing melatonin, especially if we do this at night after sunset, that is going to be the biggest harm, uh, the worst, worst time to do it, but it's still, even during the day, it's still not great to be exposing your body and your skin and your eyes to this. So what we need is we need this morning light time, which is a, such a beautiful time because it preps your body to be able to absorb UVA light and then UVB light. The sun is meant to be used in this beautiful sequence in the way that it comes out like a rainbow, right? Like we're, we're meant to use it like that. It comes in and out like a rainbow. So we're meant to go out into the morning light and you know, get that into our eyes and our skin and activate our cortisol and suppress our melatonin and, you know, get our hormone signaling. And then our cortisol will slowly rise throughout the day and not have this big jolt from artificial lighting. Um, and we're meant to have all these spectrums of lighting, all these nature, natural spectrums of lighting all throughout the day. And then we're not meant to have all this artificial light at night, which, you know, is a really important myth that I want to hammer home is that artificial light causes no ill effects to health. And it absolutely does. We're just talking here about cancer. We're talking here about, you know, suppressing melatonin and our hormones. So yeah, it causes a lot of issues. Right. Just to review that again, because I think this is going to be something that our listeners over time, we'll be able to really start to sink in and memorize easily is that symphony in the rainbow, right? Is that the light frequencies appear in the morning and then they reverse in the evening? Is the red and infrared at sunrise with just a tiny bit or very little blue light? Because the blue light, which is called a zeitgeber, is what tells our brain what time of day it is. Because our, our skin and primarily our eyes are reading the light code. That light code and the combination of the light frequencies, which we can't see them all, right? The UV and UVB we can't see, but the rainbow colors we can see. Yes. And so, um, so when our eyes are seeing that blue light, it tells our bodies what to do when. Do we need to make melatonin now or do we need to make cortisol now? And if we're getting the wrong frequencies and signals and light codes, we're going to have problems. Our circadian rhythm gets messed up and we call that circadian mismatch. So what Vanessa is saying is that when we're exposed to different frequencies at the wrong time of day, so for example, we're getting a lot of artificial light exposure at night, which of course most people are doing because they don't want to live in the dark. They think they have to live in the dark, which is totally not true. That's a myth we need to bust right now. <laughs> 
there's ways you can modify your lighting environment so that you don't have what we call a light pollution at night is when you really need to be careful. So ideally, if we were going to give you some tips, you want to get out in the morning with naked eyes, no sunglasses, contacts, or anything like that, glasses, um, eyeglasses, covering your eyes for at least a few minutes. If yes, during sunrise, because that infrared and infrared dominant light is very healing and anti-inflammatory. Then when UVA light comes online, when the sun is 10 degrees above the horizon, a whole host of super important things happen with your neurotransmitters and your hormones. It balances them out. It's It sets your circadian clock because your body knows that so many hours from now, we're going to start um, releasing melatonin. It's meant to happen in, an, in a certain order. And that's what our body's expecting is to be able to have that light code every day to keep things on track, to keep things synchronized. So when you're not getting the light exposure in the morning, and then like, for example, if you're wearing sunglasses all morning, it's really, really bad, bad news for you, right? And then you're not getting the strong light signal during the day, the midday during UVB light. So your body isn't, your eyes aren't getting the signal and your skin is not getting the message, the memo that, Hey, it's bright out. We need to protect our skin, the skin, the melanin, right? And the cortisol helps protect your skin from sunburn. And if you're wearing sunglasses, your, your body isn't in harmony. It's not synchronized. So your skin is more likely to burn if you're wearing sunglasses. So it really works against us. And then at night, of course, if you're getting a lot of artificial light exposure, the whole thing gets messed up, right? Your whole circadian rhythm, right? And your body, your, your mind, your brain thinks it's midday and you're not going to start to um, secrete melatonin so that you can sleep well. Yeah. And repair well, which is most important. The melatonin's job is going to control autophagy and apoptosis, which helps you, you know, uh, clean out your dead cells and repair. And that's really important. You know, um, I love what you were saying. And I want to just take a tip for people who do wear glasses, because many people do, you know, just put them down like a little bit lower because actually those lights, actually the, the lenses actually will block. They're made now to block UVA and UVB. So you, I don't know if it blocks red, but I know it blocks UVA and UVB. So you want to bring those down, you know, a little bit when you can, I mean, we, I know you need to wear them to see, but you want to bring them down like to your nose and like get in some good dose of that sunrise light time. And that sunrise light time, yes, is so anti-inflammatory and it's the best time to heal your eyes as well. So I think that that's a huge uh, tip. So if you do have any kind of cataracts, macular degeneration, or nearsightedness, or anything like that going on, this is the light that you want to expose your eyes to, is that sunrise light and the sunset light is going to do the same mirror image, because man, that rainbow, it's going to come in and out. Um, yeah, sunglasses was such a huge myth for me that busted, and I know it's a pet peeve of yours, and now it's become a pet peeve of mine, because I used to be so photosensitive, like, uh, I that means that my eyes were really sensitive to sunlight. So now I'm well, not. You know what I'm I quite photosensitive as, sorry to interrupt you, is that your eyes are actually weak. Yes, yes, thank you. No, that's definitely what I meant. My eyes, because I, A, my eyes are probably weak because I wore glasses since I was in third grade. And then I wore contacts and I slept in them. And which is really bad because you're actually drying out your eyes and the oxygen in your eyes. So, and they also block the UVA and the UVB. And, and then I wore sunglasses all my life. So I, I had no idea of these things, which I'm sure some of you may have no idea of these things either. And that's okay. And we're here to learn. So 
my eyes, when I first started doing this, I was like, oh my goodness, I don't know what I'm going to do here. Like I, I couldn't do it. But now I'm the opposite. Now I'm like, if you turn an LED light on in the house, I'm like, oh my God, I think you just blinded me. Like I can't take it. So and I'm laughing here because it's just so funny. Like I laugh at myself because I have to run into Target sometimes. Like, let's be real. So like, I have no sunglasses on and I'm outside looking at the sky and on my way on the Target, I put my blue blockers on. I'm like this and Joan Heather. I'm like, totally like people look at me like I'm insane. Trying you to cover really my thyroid. Do you really put your hoodie, cut your hood on? I do. I do because I want to cover my thyroid because I just learned, I was a couple weeks ago, I read this, that um, blue light can penetrate penetration to the skin about three to six inches deep. So it's penetrating. And this is, I'm talking about this artificial light, like the fluorescent lights in target. So it's penetrating three to six inches deep. So it's hitting my organ right here, which is thyroid. And I have Hashimoto's. So I'm need to be like, maybe I should wear a scarf, maybe that or turtleneck, but I hate, I hate that. I have a lachesis side also, which is only happy thing. So, but anyway, yeah, I, um, yeah, I do. But I wanted to go back to the sunglasses thing and just say like, if you are photosensitive, utilize this sunrise and sunset time, which is exactly what I did to help my eyes become less photosensitive. And the other thing that I also did is I blocked artificial light, which extremely helped. And then thirdly, the last thing I did is I exposed my eyes to the light all year round. So like as the UVB increases in strength because it's gonna like where I live in in a northern latitude it's gonna come out it's there's a quote it's called a uv index right so it's gonna be a one and then next day it's gonna be or over time it's gonna go to a two and then a three so it, it gradually gets stronger until it reaches its peak in the summertime so if you're exposing your eyes and your skin to the lesser stronger UVB, which happens at, I believe, index of five and above is UVB. If you expose your eyes and your skin to this lesser strength of UVB, it's not gonna, it's going to help build up what we call this like solar callus in your body. Um, So that's a huge tip as well, is we wanna utilize this sunrise and sunset, and we want to, just expose our body gradually every day as we build yes, up through exactly. the summer. And and just to remind people too that you don't have to be out there for hours. If you have some serious health issues and you can go out, mm-hmm. that's always recommended early in the morning sunrise time and then slowly, like Vanessa's saying, build up to more sun exposure, you know, more UVA and then, uh, you know, a little bit of UVB. And that's exactly how they, Niels Finson, who won the Nobel Prize in the early 1900s or the turn of the century for using sunlight to heal, I forget which awful or horrible disease, if it was tuberculosis or something like that, I forget. But, you know, they're all disfigured and they just, their skin just looked really awful. And he would start using the sun exposure, calling, calling it heliotherapy with just, you know, first your feet only during the morning. And then he would add your lower legs and then very lastly would work up to UVB in just small amounts of minutes because these people were severely compromised. You know, their health was very poor. And within a year, they looked totally normal and they would look like the elephant. Like seriously, amazing, right? So you don't have to be out there for a long time. If you're working, if you're in an office, of course, there's ways you should be protecting yourself from artificial light. And then you want to get out as early as possible 
especially if you're missing sunrise because you have to be commuting when it's dark. That's really challenging. But just put, I just pop my head out the window. Literally, I'm like looking with the window down in the car, go out and take a break. They used to have smoke breaks. So go ahead and take a sun break, right? So if people used to be able to take smoke breaks, I think you should be able to, to just justify taking a, a sunlight, vitamin sunlight break because it's that important. In two or three minutes, we'd be better than nothing. It's for real, right? It's so serious. And Vanessa mentioned a solar callus. And this brings us to another myth um, around light exposure, which is the, you know, sunscreen is a whole thing by itself. And, but, but this safe sun exposure, we're trying to dispel the myth that sunlight, sunlight is bad for you. It's not true, but it is not a good idea to expose yourself if you haven't had proper solar exposure and buildup. And a solar callus is a term Jack Cruz coined, I believe. He's a neurosurgeon, um, quantum biologist who's amazing. And so he coins this phrase solar callus, meaning that you've safely exposed yourself to the right frequencies, meaning UV, sunrise, UVA, and UVB, until your skin has built up enough melanin. So you're going to have a darker skin tone that's your tan, otherwise known as a tan, right? Which indicates, though, usually, I mean, for most people, right, doesn't mean everyone's making this a lot of vitamin D because there can be other problems with your vitamin D production. But for most people who have a reasonable level of health, that means that you're going to also be making more vitamin D, but you also have built up enough melanin so that your skin is more resilient in the sun and you can tolerate more sun exposure safely. It literally took me, Vanessa, like five years because I wasn't doing my sun exposure properly when I first started in 2010. But when I started to do it this way, quantum biologically and circadian rhythm appropriately five years ago now and getting the morning light and the UVA and so forth, um, I do have a solar callus. So I don't always have to get a ton of morning light if I want to go out in UVB. Now, I would not recommend that for most people. You have to know what you're doing and you have to know your body you have to know what your body can tolerate and where you're at as far as your solar callus. So solar callus, again, meaning how much appropriate healthy sun exposure you've had with the right frequencies to build up the tolerance to bright sunlight, which is the UVB. Yeah. Our melanin is our bodies. Like this is like nature makes no mistakes here. It's your natural sunblock. It's going to help you absorb more light, but then not also have any negative effects from it. So I think that's like, I know all these things are just so amazing to me, like how beautifully like nature works with the body, because it really is. It's like, so it's, I love that you've been doing this since you were 2010, you said, but uh, for me, it's more new. And I used to be milky white and Heather last, was last week you said to me, like, oh my God, she's like, you have such a good solar callus. I'm like, cause I like, I dedicate myself to using the sunlight RX as our teacher has told us, like I really de dedicate myself to it. Um, and I do still get out in morning sunlight, but it only took me one summer really to, to really fix this. So it is possible to do it quickly. If you do, if Wait you a use you did this in one summer, that's amazing. See, that's, I built my how, that's how if people are really dedicated, committed, and you have some serious health issues you've been really working hard on. So in one yeah. summer, that's awesome, Vanessa. I love that. I was able to, I was able to not burn at all that whole summer. I, but I started like, you know, getting out 
probably in February, like I was out cold, like, you know, getting the, when the UVA started coming out, like I was out there. Cause we have a time where I don't even know if we have, there's like at least a month where there's like no UVA, like here it's like pretty, like really bad in the winter. I don't know, maybe there's some UVA, maybe I'm making, making an exaggeration, but it's pretty, it's pretty limited on the UV spectrum in here. So I started getting out right away, but yeah, no, it took me one summer to like build up my solar cows. And honestly, I hold the melanin, which I think is amazing. I don't know if that's true for you, but it holds in my system. So meaning that my tan lasts through, and I don't, my tan lasts through the winter. And what I mean by that is like, I don't mean it for like an aesthetic, like, oh, she's so tan. Like you do look nicer when you're tan, but it's not, that's not the reason. The reason is because the, the more melanin you have in your skin, actually the healthier you actually are. So it is a sign of health. So I, I, I want to reiterate that. And the more UV light you can absorb also, which is really important. And actually the more UV light you need, <laughs> it's like, then you need more of it because you're like, your body's using it. So this all ties together. But um, yeah, I just, I love everything you said. And, you know, I mean, if we learn how to use the sun appropriately, it can be such effective medicine. And the health benefits that I've had from utilizing sunlight is like unbelievable. So, I mean, it's, I mean, I had severe histamine issues and I know Heather has dealt with that as well. And sunlight actually helps reduce that. Like getting yourself into UVB sunlight is going to help reduce that. You have to be careful with histamine issues because of the fact that you don't want to do too much. And I think a sign to just, I want to just, I know we're getting toward the end, but I want to also mention that a sign that you've, you're, you can feel this pinkening on your skin. That's, that's this that's really erythema, erythema, E-R-Y-T-H-E-M-A. That's your skin going, telling you what? It's telling you a signal, like a sign. Like this is what we have to listen to our body. Like, okay, you, you need to stop now. Your, your sun exposure is good for the day. And you don't like, you don't have to be out there for all this time. Like go get into some shade, go put on a hat, go, you know, cover up a little bit more. And that's enough for you for that day. And then just to be clear though, erythema is not a sunburn. If you go past that point and continue when your skin starts to turn pink, you will sunburn eventually. But erythema is, 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 is a positive sign. It's like, that's your skin saying, I'm good. We're good. It's great. We got enough UVB mm -hmm. exposure. Now let's go ahead and protect ourselves with not sunscreen, <laughs> but you know, uh, you know, whatever, a shirt, get in the shade, right? Hot, whatever. So yeah, be like the lions, like the lions, if they're, if they like had enough sun exposure, they just go in the shade. They don't, they don't put on sunscreen. Like we need to mimic the animals more <laughs> than, we, you know, we have to think about these things. You know, and also like a lion would never just like all of a sudden go out like one day in the middle of June and, and all of a sudden be like exposed to like a ton of UV light when they haven't been exposed to it ever. Like we just have to think to be like more logically and like to be more like the animals. And then, yeah. Watch, what they do, right? Watch how the yeah. cats and the dogs will move with the light coming through the window. Now, I don't recommend window sunlight at all. But that's if that's all they can get, they will want that warmth because they know instinctively that it's good for them. This was yes. super fun to talk about the myths of light. I think we covered in general most of it. I think there's more that we could do. And then I also am thinking, Vanessa, that the artificial light, we touched on that. I think that warrants a whole nother episode because it's that critically important. So I'm just kind of giving a a, a, a um an outlook there. Yeah, and I could definitely, we could talk more about the benefits of sunlight because we can talk about how it makes nitric oxide, which lowers blood pressure. I mean, we could talk about it. Like there's so much benefits to sunlight that we didn't even get into because it's, 
it's immense, you know, it's just immense for our biology, you know, so it's really great. So I really enjoyed this topic and uh, I love talking about sunlight. I could do it all day long. Anybody who's like got sunglasses on who listens to me, I'm like, <laughs> uh, uh, beware. Now, you know, that if you wear sunglasses, that that's a problem. I think the key takeaways for today would be that sunlight is not bad for you. The, that's a myth that sunlight is, is harmful. It's that we have to honor its intensity and its power. And we have to have that wisdom that we've lost about how to work in harmony with the sunlight as the sunlight is what sustains all life. And we've lost that wisdom, that inherent native wisdom about how to be in nature because we are actually part of it. The more we see ourselves as not part of the natural environment, the natural world, the more we lose this wisdom, the more we get hurt. Right. So our food, not knowing how to eat, what to eat, not knowing how to use the sun properly and expose ourselves properly. That's all a problem. So the, the, the truth is that sunlight is not bad. It's that we've lost our way with it. That's really the truth. So we're busting that myth. And then the, the myths that go along with that are that sunglasses are actually good for you. They're really bad for you. And of course, there's a caveat we didn't mention is that if you're boating, skiing, or driving with a huge amount of glare in the desert, those kind of things, yeah, you need to protect your eyes. But those are the like isolated exceptions. That doesn't happen very often unless that's your career, you know? So, um, like, yeah. Exactly. So most of the time, we can, we can expose our eyes to the light. Exactly. That the myth we busted, that we busted today about sun in relation to cancer um, that melanoma, melanoma is correlated with artificial light. And those folks actually have two times as, the, as much risk uh, with exposure to artificial light. And so that's really where the problem comes into play. Um, there's a lot more around that we can go into in future episodes. So in, we just need to know that sunlight is a nutrient, basically. Yeah. And we need to know how to use the sunlight effectively and safely as well. Because like I said, if you don't, you don't build up your solar callus and you go out in the middle of you know, the summer on a hot sunny summer day, and you've not been exposing yourself to less strong UV light, you could get a sunburn and it can cause damage. So you need to learn how to use the sunlight safely and effectively. I know my course teaches that. I know Heather has some offerings that are gonna come up on that soon as well, but my course will be ready this week probably to launch. Um, and it teaches how to use the sunlight safely and effectively in the proper order and all the benefits of sunlight and how to block artificial light. So that would be a great place to look into if you are interested in learning more about how to use the sunlight safely to improve. What's the website people can find that at, Vanessa? Brightlightwellnesscoach.com. Perfect. Wonderful. Thank you for joining us today, everybody. We hope you enjoy this episode and this really, really valuable information and send us your feedback and questions. You can find our contact information on the podcast notes, and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Yeah, have a great week, guys. Thanks so much for joining today's show. For more information about Heather and her offerings, see her Instagram at Heather Crimson, or go to her website at enlightenedmood.com. And for more information about Vanessa's offerings, visit her Instagram at bright underscore light underscore wellness and her website at brightlightwellnesscoach.com. See you next week.